0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic get back to winning ways with a comfortable victory against Mullerwell Rangers are out in front after a similarly straightforward win at Hamilton and the next batch of European opponents for Scottish clubs is revealed I'm Gordon Duncan joining me tonight Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Have you ever noticed Alec that the international break always comes along when you least want it to come along? Talking points galore at the weekend but now we've hit the pause button Neil Lennon had a good day against Mullerwell Eventually Motherwell have made their worst start to the league for 20 years Undeniably And Rangers threatened to run riot at Hamilton But let them off with a mild dusting down Now we'll all need to wait two weeks to find out where we go from here Alex Ray, it is international week But we're not yeah. quite done with the league stuff yet It's Monday night So as always, look back on the weekend's biggest talking points Yeah, I said there'd be goals at the weekend Comfortable wins for the old firm Gordon Livingston getting the first win against Ross County St Johnston going along nicely Having beaten the St Mirren and the Dandy Dons are some good form at the moment. 0141-951-1025 That's the number you need so why not pick up the phone, dial that number and let us know what's on your mind. What did you make of your team's performance and result at the weekend? Uh, maybe you've still got some lingering thoughts from the European action during the week. Of course we do have international football at the end of the week. I'm sure we'll get onto that in the coming days. 0141-951-1025 on the phones and at Clyde SSB on Twitter. But it is Monday night, the Monday night awards, Hugh, the one yeah. they all want to win. Forget your league titles, your player of the year awards. These sure. are these are the ones they want to win. Give us your result of the weekend first, please. I'm going to go for Hibs nil Aberdeen one. Aberdeen's fourth win in all competitions in a row. And that they've had terrible times of it recently with uh, injury to major players. With the whole COVID-19 row over the Aberdeen 8 But Derek McInnes has held it all together So Hibs have their first defeat of the season Inflicted on them by Aberdeen Okay, you've built a strong case Alex Ray, your result of the weekend Yeah, well mine supersedes you as all day long I'm going for <laughs> Kilmarnock uh, A 4-0 home win against Dundee United Who is going along nicely And uh, Alex Dyer will be delighted to get that first win uh, You know, they've been huffing and puffing but very impressive at the weekend Okay and I've got a sneaky feeling Because you called it on Saturday oh. You're going to be doubling up on that game Yes Your goal of the weekend Mackenzie Absolutely top drawer If it was one of the top players A Messi or Ronaldo We would be raving about this For a long long time I think just the way they went about it The counter attack cue Down the yeah. right hand side The lovely cut back by Kilty Perfectly weighted and then he's just chipped to keep her from what 25 yards or so It was outstanding goal Yeah if you've not seen Rory McKenzie's goal Go and do it Because we're awfully hard on ourselves at times And everybody's queuing up to tell us About how poor the games have been without fans Or how poor the TV games have been But there are positives out there Go and check out that Rory McKenzie goal Hugh It was outstanding yeah. I think it was the clear winner yeah. uh, But you can't pick the same one as Alex No So I would go for James Forrest And the goal that he scored in the first half yesterday For Celtic against Motherwell if it's not James Forrest who's the whipping boy here for the Celtic fans It's Greg Taylor uh, So they both had a good day yesterday uh, But James Forrest for that uh, excellent goal created by Callum McGregor uh, Now I'm pleased to say that I don't think there were too many for this category this week That's, that's always good um, in a way But it makes your life harder Your howler of the weekend Are we talking refereeing mistakes? Maybe a goalkeeping blunder? You can have the odd sitter this is where you need to be clever You need to pick me your howler of the weekend I'm 
making my howler of the weekend Bureaucracy <laughs> Right, where's this going? Alec Gogic okay. at Hibs Ooh. Denied his place in the team yesterday uh, Because of COVID-19 protocols Now he had a false positive test Then he was subsequently tested twice And was negative twice So not only was he out of the Hibs team yesterday For reasons that aren't immediately apparent to me But it's also cost him the chance to make his debut for Cyprus because they have said to him that they have to follow SFA rules and he can't go to Cyprus. So I blame the bureaucrats. I, I did say that these can be outside the box. That, that, that was pretty far out there, but a valid one I would suspect people will agree. Alex, your howler of the weekend. See, I like to keep it to the football right, board okay. and I'm going for it. Mark Conley for Kamarnock's yes. third goal. Ball down the line. He's in control of the situation. All he has to do is hit it and he touch you. Defensively regroup Yet he takes a touch Gets his pocket picked And Kamala finishes brilliantly for Kamal looks third So Kabamba You're getting them Kabamba. mixed up There yeah. we go uh, 01419511025 Please Kabamba. pick up the phone Let us know what's on your mind And if you'd rather tweet You can do that as well At Clyde SSB It is Monday night We go over as many Of the weekend's big talking points As possible So if there's something That you think we've missed The best way to fix it Is to pick up the phone And let us know Let's kind of go in Some sort of reverse order The The, the the game in the East End of Glasgow yesterday Let's start there Neil Lennon insists he's not on any sort of ego trip After picking the same starting 11 uh, As the Ferenc-Varos game He says it's the best team he could have picked for both games And was happy with the response What do you think Celtic fans? You've got instinct is to go with the same team I thought that, you know, like I said In isolation, if you look at the game you know, We dominated Ferenc-Varos Should have won, we didn't And then it's all down to the fact we didn't play a centre forward But... You know, none of them are fit enough to start, and you can see that today. And the likes of Edward and Griffiths aren't here either; they're injured. Rogic's injured. Johnson's injured. So it was the best team we felt we could have picked on the night. And today, to start the game, we thought it was the right way to go. I make decisions, and you live and die off them for the benefit, or what he thinks the benefit of the club, not some sort of ego trip. You know, I've never, I've always put the club first and the players first, and every game that way. I expect the criticism. After the game and the volume of criticism is, you know, sometimes um, out of sync, out of balance. But you have to, you learn to live with that. And um, I wanted a response today from the players, and I got one. And uh, you know, we move forward now. No one's more sure about going out of the Champions League than myself, because I know what it means to everybody. But um, it's on my CV now that result. But um, I have to park that and uh, look forward. I believe him when he says that he did what he believes was best for Celtic. I think that he got away with it uh, in the first half But the performance in the first half was such That he had to make change in the second half And when Patrick Klamala and Albion Ayeti came on uh, They did make a difference Because there was no longer a, a, a gaping hole Where strikers should be uh, So if they are short of match fitness By the time we came out of this international break They should be ready And uh, Ayeti Looks like a natural goal scorer for Celtic Once fully fit Right let's bring in Marco uh, Who's a Celtic fan from Glasgow Spends his time down in Wrexham Marco What did you make of it yesterday And, and how does that fit into the bigger picture of Bouncing back from European disappointment The striker situation And everything else that goes along with it Yeah hi guys Hope you're all well um, Yeah I'd like to make two points First of all I will pick up on, on yesterday's game But it also ties in with um, With Wednesday night as well Um 
Neil went with the same side, um, but it was patently not working in the first half until a piece of individual brilliance from James Forrest. So really, his decision to play the same players, in my opinion, wasn't vindicated because only really improved in the second half, as Hughes just said, when he brought Kamal and Ajeti on, and also Frimpong as well. I think Celtic really needs um, his energy, and uh, certainly for all the league games in Scotland, he should be playing. I think it makes a big difference. So I don't think that, that Neil's you know really quite right there. I think they should have played uh, Klamala. Klamala's had enough game time. It looked half decent when he's been there. Should be fit enough by now. But my second point really is is a key one. I think the, the two reasons why Celtic went out of Europe uh, on Wednesday. I'm really convinced on is actually one Lee Griffiths um, turning up for uh, after after pre after after the season unfit and therefore allowing Celtic not to have any strikers. Yes, now if Lee Griffiths had been fit and playing games for Celtic, Celtic would have not started that game without strikers. So that's point number one there. The second part of it is. I don't know what's... The guys brought this up on Saturday. It takes Celtic an inordinate amount of time to get new players in, in the transfer window. Had we started that game uh, on Wednesday with a proper defence, i.e. the centre-half we've been looking at, we've been needing for ages, you know, then there's also a chance we wouldn't have gone out either. So I want to know who's making the decisions just now. Why is it taking so long? Is it Peter Lawwell not want to spend the money? Is it the, the, the head of recruitment not doing his job properly? What is it? You know, the basic point is, and I'll finish on this before you guys come back at me, Celtic need to get into these Champions League qualifiers without square pegs and round holes, with a team that's firing in all cylinders, sorted defensively and everything else. But for the last three seasons, that's not been the case. And there's no way in the world we're going to qualify for um, the, the Champions League stages unless we address that issue and get our transfers in, in time. Look at, look at Rangers, Stephen Gerrard. They don't mess about. They get their business done early and you can see them reaping the benefits of that. Celtic should be copying Rangers in that respect. Right, okay, the, you've covered a lot of ground there Marco, well, I'm trying to pick my way through it uh, The ultimate authority at Celtic would be Peter Lawwell uh, The head of recruitment is Nicky Hammond And I think that they, between them, have let Neil Lennon down on occasion yeah. uh, I always go back to, and I'll do it again No, no I know what's coming no, here no, 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 no. If you <laughs> fail to sign the grandson of a former uh, chairman uh, That's taking dilly-dallying to an art form uh, So of course Neil Lennon will have an input And therefore Will have some degree of blame For uh, some of the players Who have been brought into the club But the length of time It takes to bring people into the club Shane Duffy we believe Is a matter of 40 hours away From becoming a Celtic player But the interest in Shane Duffy Has been known for weeks And I think had a Shane Duffy Perhaps been playing against Ferenc Varos then Celtic might have seen the tie out. Uh, but I understand your frustration as a Celtic supporter. For every gem, hmm. there are four or five very ordinary and unsatisfactory players. Where's the line though, Alex? Because yeah. we go back to this isolated game, isolated moments, yeah. and then we talk big picture. He was pretty confident that the signing of a new defender would have yeah. managed to see Celtic past Ferenc Varos. I, I, I couldn't... I couldn't prove him wrong yeah. because it's it's a bit of a it's a stab in the dark. But you go back to it, should Celtic have had enough to beat Ferenc Varos? Was it anything yeah. to do with recruitment on the night? Having said that, Marco makes maybe a more general point about 
Previous transfer windows In previous yeah. seasons But whether you can pin sure, Wednesday God, all on that Gordon it's twofold Because when you look at the players At the disposal For me they should actually have enough To beat Ferran Varos I, I think that's fair uh, If you have Shane Duffy Coming in last Monday or Tuesday Is he going to be fit enough Hugh Has he done the pre-season Because of the, the, the You know where they are in English uh, You know doing their pre-season I'm not too sure Some of them are just up and running Doing their pre-season now So he may well be behind by the time he gets to Celtic, if it's the case in the next couple of couple of days, I think when you look at Lee Griffiths, I think that's kind of been overlooked in some ways. I know he's injured at the moment, but that's because he's playing catch up uh-huh. and his body's broken down again. So I think there'll be a, a a frustration within Celtic Park that he's not available. But when you look at though they were linked to the boy Alario from Leverkusen as well in the last couple of weeks as well, Celtic. So they're clearly trying to get another striker through the door. Which may well mean that Griffiths has run his race. What do you think, Marco? Yeah, um, yeah. Can, can I just say one thing? I always like listen to to Alex. I know he's a Rangers guy, but I think he he speaks very eloquently and is, is very very unbiased, in my opinion. Always, always tells it as he Marco. sees it. You know, I'm sure everyone on Twitter will agree <laughs> with you, Marco. <laughs> no, I, I think it's worth saying that, honestly. But yeah, um, I, I think again, Hugh touched on it there as well. I think nothing wrong with Leo, Leo Lennon. He will make mistakes as any other manager does. But he's the best guy in the job just now, short of Pep Guardiola or um, uh, Jurgen Klopp. Honestly, for Celtic at this this particular season, but we are being we are being hamstrung every single pre-season. We're starting Champions League qualifiers without a strong, settled defence, uh, and that we're paying the price for that big time, and we pay the price for it, um, you know, this season as well because. You know, uh, yeah, okay, we didn't, we, we didn't, we had lots of chances and things like that, but I, I, we were caught out badly at the second goal. The first goal as well was really bad marking as well. We need a physical presence in there. We should have had it before. We should have had Shane. You're saying Shane Duffy's um, a Celtic player within 48 hours. He should have been a Celtic player on Wednesday night, in my opinion. You know, the, the business should have been done much earlier. And I'd like to know. What is the reason for this dilly-dallying? Because it's costing us um, Champions League qualification. It will not improve until we start the Champions League qualifiers with a properly, fully functioning Celtic team. The, 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 um, big, the biggest uh, regret that Neil Lennon must have, Marco, with regard to the Fernish Varos result, is that it has created a very unusual mood among the Celtic supporters. We had a caller here on Saturday night who called for Neil Lennon's dismissal. Uh, I saw on social media yesterday a banner near Celtic Park uh, held up by fans saying earn your place in history a reference to the players that uh, apparently uh, aren't sure if they want to stay at Celtic or not it's created a mood a negative mood at a club where for nine years there's been nothing but positivity Marco some interesting points thank you very much for getting in touch tonight hopefully we'll catch up with you soon what about Jerry? In Uddingston, what have you got for us, Jerry? Good evening, guys. I hope you're well. Yep, same Thank to you, Jerry. Um, sick and tired of hearing the same rhetoric from Neil Lennon um, that I've heard um, over a number of years. He's, there's no doubt he's been a success. Inexcusable uh, on Wednesday night to play without a striker. And inexcusable again yesterday. He doubled down. It was almost a, you know, I can't use the phrase I want to use to the fans. I think I, think I know um, which one you mean. Aye, but... Um, that he he'll do it his way. I don't accept. I don't accept his comments that uh, none of his two strikers are fit enough to play or to start. I don't accept it for a couple of reasons. First of all, in Patrick Lamala's case, if he's not fit enough, that's down to Neil Lennon and his coaching staff. 
In fact, Lennon made comments, and he contradicts himself constantly this season. I don't understand why. But he made comments, particularly about Patrick Lamalla in pre-season, about how hard he'd worked and he'd got himself in fantastic condition. He was rearing to go for the new season. Yesterday, James Forrest got aside, which was a fantastic finish, uh, created by uh, probably the first bit of driving run from midfield from Callum McGregor all, all day. Mm. First half, we were awful. It was side to side and backwards, like it constantly is. There was no focal point in the middle of the park, and it was very easy for Motherwell to defend against. That changed when Kamala came on. Now, he had a pretty poor miss, but aside from that, he was stretching the Motherwell defence all over the place. He was holding the ball up well, he was linking the play, and Motherwell couldn't handle that. And that's why we eventually won the game. Good goal by Ajeti, and then a good finish from, from Chris Julian. Um, Neil Lennon, for me, needs to stop being trying to be too clever. He's done it against Ferenc Farros playing Christie out position. He's done it uh, against Clues when he had spent six million pounds on two left backs and played Callum McGregor at left back. He does it. I don't know what goes through his mind in these games where he tries to be too clever to outfox the opposition. But he plays the correct players in the right positions and Wednesday night against Ferenc Farros we win. Um and had he not changed it at half time we wouldn't have won that game yesterday, in my mm. opinion. I'm not even your yeah. thoughts on that. that, that is, it's an interesting debate, Alex, because it, it takes you back to that idea of, I, I think, looking at the team, clearly Neil Lennon <clears throat> thinks Ryan Christie is, is, is a better player than, than Pat, yeah. Patrick Clamalla, obviously, and, and thinks so much so that he can afford to play him there um, and you know leave Clamalla out or, or says, you know, says he can't pick him because he's unfit. But about the role and the responsibility The function that, that you perform within a team As Jerry says Klamala came on And actually had two bad misses So you couldn't say that he Played particularly well But the very fact that he was there The very fact that he was in those striking positions yep. Allowed Celtic to play far far better Than they did in the first half Yeah I said that at the weekend Gordon By actually having someone in and around A, a, a number nine A poacher Someone who can get in that area As I thought Celtic made numerous chances uh, Last midweek Where they could have actually scored some really good opportunities But there was nobody there To take the opportunities And I think the caller Jerry makes an interesting point Klamala has been there Since day one Of pre-season Hugh uh-huh. We are non- now One month down the road For me It could And again I don't know what the, the, the workings of a daily But when you're training Every day If you can't start A home game Against a team At the bottom of the league There's something far wrong With uh, regard to the Ferenc Varos match When Neil Lennon looks out onto the park and understands how this is going to play out when he's a 2-1 down and understands how this is going to play out how can Klamala not be on the pitch for five minutes to see if he can get you out of a hole uh, but he did come on yesterday he did make a, a slight difference in, in terms of pulling people out of position and so on I thought he had two bad misses uh, but when he and Ayeti came on, it was abundantly clear that it was preferable to playing Ryan Christie or anyone else who's not a natural striker in that position. Going forward then, Jerry, what are you hoping to, to see out the next couple of weeks? What's going to make you feel a bit better after the Ferenc Farris game? Obviously, Odds and Edward should come back, for, you know, fitness-wise, and pres- I'm assuming that, that he stays. Is that the answer to all of Celtic's problems? Uh, if the answer to Celtic's problems are one player staying, then we're in much bigger problems than I thought we were. No, he's not. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. Um, the issue, in my opinion, at Celtic Park isn't the players. There's something that seems to be there's something not quite right at Celtic Park. Now, whether that's 
players that want to leave, and that happens. Football players want to leave to go to a bigger league and get more money. So whether that's how that's been handled, I don't know. Um, he keeps going about the performance and Wednesday night being really, really good. It was okay. Yes, we were the better side, but we were toothless. And that's down to him. And he keeps saying about the players not being fit enough to start. So why are in the bench if Ryan Christie had pulled up after two minutes with a hamstring injury on uh, Sunday? Would you have put one of the strikers on? Are they fit enough to play 88 minutes but not 90? He's contradictory. Um, and <clears throat> I'm less convinced now that he's the right man for the job than I was um, six months ago. Well, as I say, it's all a question of tone now. Prior to the Ferencvaros match, it was all about Ayeti scoring a late goal at Tannadice against Dundee United, and everyone saying that's why Celtic stay the champions because they always find a way. After the Ferencvaros match, the the whole atmosphere around the club changed one hundred percent, and that now. Uh, Jerry has added himself to the other Jerry on Saturday who wants rid of Neil Lennon. That's the difference in tone. Jerry, thanks for getting in touch. 0141-951-1025. We're about to hear from Stephen Gerrard. So Rangers fans, that age-old football debate, are you delighted with the win or are you frustrated that it wasn't more? Let us know. 0141-951-1025 and we'll hear from Stephen Gerrard next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is in the building Alex Ray is alongside him And they're both waiting for you to get in touch What did you make of the weekend's football? Let us know 0141 951 1025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard He says his side were wasteful Despite taking three points against Hamilton He says it's something they'll need to iron out Before it starts to cost them I thought we were excellent um, To go 1-0 up and then 2-0 up And then I thought we'd become really wasteful I thought our play up until a certain point was outstanding um, but if you're, a, if you're a player in the top half of the pitch today, you should have got an assist or a goal. I thought Hamilton were there for a, for a stronger scoreline. Um, we just didn't reward our good play with that last bit of quality. You look at our results so far this season and there's been three or four times that I'm, I'm, I'm going away and I'm thinking we should have got more goals today. Um, and at some point that might come back to bite us. So that tells me that we still need to get better we still need to improve keep working on the training pitch and um, if we can still try and add that one or two uh, bits of quality to the squad it's not a concern but it's certainly an area we need to work on uh, you see our play up to a certain point today and we had probably three or four real strong counter attacks where we should have gone and rewarded ourselves with more goals so um, if there's one small complaint about today is we, we should have got more goals and been more ruthless Alex you'll have seen this movie many many times Such as the way our league is set up And the, the usual dominance that, that Celtic and Rangers have Sometimes in the eyes of some people A win is not always enough Because the game is overwhelming favourites And they're expected to, to do more And score as many as possible what, where's, where's the balance of, of that on s- Saturday? I think when they go 2-0 up Gordon In the first 15 minutes I think everyone Even we were on the show Hugh uh, yeah. We're tra- travelling back to Bears Den We were saying We expected to be a lot more uh, I agree with Stephen Gerrard In terms of His wasteful comment I've seen it I've seen it over the last couple of weeks as well Where They get into some really Good positions uh, And they don't capitalise And uh, I think they're, they're play To a certain point You know They just have to be more ruthless And I think that'll be a A, a Concern for Stephen Because there will be games Where it's They might not get that Initial breakthrough There may well be A bit of anxiety Later on in games So 
The quicker they can put games to bed The better it will be for everyone He used a little bit of diplomatic language there Stephen Gerrard He said I thought Hamilton there Were there for a Stronger scoreline In other words He thought Hamilton were there For a right going over And it it didn't happen uh, I, I couldn't believe it By the time Alex and I got up the road At half time It yep. was still 2-0 I said to you before I left the studio I've gone 4-0 And it might be 4-0 by half time for it not to be any more than two by the end of 90 minutes is incredible. Uh, let's bring in Andy in Alexandria, see what he's making of Rangers at the moment. Hi, Andy. Hi, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Rangers just now. As I say, um, on, on the weekend, uh, two nothing was going on, five, six nothing, right, as you say. Uh, it should have been about four nothing at half time. Um, but what, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really happy with the defence with Rangers just now. Last season, with uh, Morelos up front and, and he was scoring the goals now, but we were, we were losing stupid goals and silly goals and things like that. But we've now went, we've now broke the record um, in the Scottish uh, league for um, clean sheets. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm really, really happy about that. That's that's the main thing. I mean, I remember years ago, I'm going back a wee bit here, but I remember years ago, Andy Robson in Scotland, guys, he didn't really score a lot of goals, but a Scotland would really hard to score against. And I think Rangers are like that as well. As soon as it was a bit like Wallace Smith when they got to. UEFA Cup final in 2008 they were, they were only great they were alright but they were only great up front but they, they, they managed to grind out the results but to score against they were really really hard to score against and I think Stephen Gerrard um, and it and, and has, has been like that as well and it's quite funny because you know, I mean a lot, of, a lot of things on um, social media just now you've got um, Walter Smith back at Ibrox and things like that you know I know, I know he's no backing as a is uh, uh, anything rather than uh, maybe a bit of advice and things like that? But there's been a lot of pictures posted with Walter Smith back at Ibrox and that this season. So I'm maybe I'm, I'm wondering if maybe he's maybe put a wee bit of information into Gerard's head to be shut up shop a bit more. Uh, than, I think Stephen. Open, you know? I think Stephen Gerard has already gone on record as saying that he regularly uh, has a telephone call with Walter Smith. And why wouldn't he? Uh, because Walter was uh, Rangers' best ever manager and now uh, Stephen Gerrard is trying to win his first trophy as Rangers' manager. So, of course, he would consult Walter from time to time. Um, but I think, you know, that it's very good to be hard to beat. That's first class. But all that Stephen Gerrard was pointing out in his post-match interview was that they had Hamilton over a barrel and they have signed Kamar Roof and they have signed Cedric Etienne uh, and they have Kent uh, as a goal threat as well, and he's he's just baffled as to why two nothing after fifteen minutes did not turn into something far more substantial by ninety minutes. And on the clean sheets, Hugh, you, you know it's a decent record when you weren't even around to see correct the, the previous record holder, and not even close. So yeah, six clean sheets to kick off a new league season in Scotland. Um, they don't really look like conceding any time soon. You, you you have to mention it. I'm sure individually the the opponents Rangers have faced haven't really looked like scoring. They've, they've not no. offered a great threat. But then I guess credit goes to, to Rangers as well because it takes yeah, you, two. Yeah, exactly. Everything in Rangers' garden is fine. Uh, I, I go back to the point that everything in Celtic's garden was perfectly okay up until they kicked off against Ferns Barros. And now the whole mood has changed. So and do you think there's an overreaction to that then? Is that what you're... I, I, Is that I think, what I'm reading I, between the lines? I think an element of hysteria has kicked in um, it, it was a shocking result A joke of a result But an element of hysteria Has set in on the back of it Stephen Gerrard, I would imagine And Gary McAllister And everyone 
will be you know, looking at Celtic with a kind of wry smile just now because you want to see your your biggest rival uh, in a state of turmoil and at the moment Neil Lennon's having to deny that he picks a team based on his ego fans are calling for Neil Lennon to go so everything in Stephen Gerrard's garden is, is fine at the moment What do you make of Andy's point Alex about you know being harder to beat and, yeah. and being more um, you know being more stingy defensively it's not like Rangers are not sacrificing anything at the other end though are they? No I, not at all I think um, John McLaughlin's been a good addition he pulled off a real good save yeah, The Sean Want header yeah, yeah absolutely later on in the game I think he pulled off a point blank save against St Johnston as well a couple of weeks ago Gordon so That'll do his confidence the world of good. And I think when you're in a team that are actually getting clean sheets, the longer this goes on, the more you try and cling on to that and try and break more records. But I think Stephen Gerrard said at the weekend, he says, listen, it's, it's fine and dandy, you know, getting six clean sheets. However, it's about mm. one of the things at the end of the season. Yeah. Andy, what about the personnel that, that takes the, the, the credit for that as well? Because at the beginning of the season, Leon Balogun comes in, everybody yeah. of a Rangers persuasion loves him and thinks he's great and he drops out injured and then... Philippe Hollander comes in and, and he gets a sort of similar amount of praise It must please you that it's, there seems to be So far a, a couple of options there I like I like Hollander When he came in to begin with last season And then he got injured But, but, but the games he did play It was, it was great I've just got to pick up something You said there about hysteria over at Celtic I'm a Rangers supporter right So I, I love all this hysteria over at Celtic right But the, the difference this year with the hysteria over the Celtic and being uh, negative with Celtic it's not coming from our side it's actually coming from our manager Neil Lennon Neil Lennon started all this right and I know um, last I think it was last night or all night there somebody would come on saying about the press um, are ripping this thing up about um, negativity at Celtic now, right? and he was quite right I think it was Saturday and he was quite right to say the only negativity that's been ripped up to Celtic is by Neil Lennon himself by saying he's putting this out there Right, so I really honestly, I mean, I love it, don't get me wrong, I love it, right? Right, I mean, the negativity at Celtic just now over that one result, and Celtic should have absolutely wiped the floor. And I watched the game, right? I'm not one of these kind of better range of supporters, right? I watch a game for a football game, right? And if I watch a football game and it's a Scottish team, believe it or not, I want a Scottish team to, 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 to win, you know? And, and for them to get beat by um, that side, I know that side used to be a a big side in years gone past, but there's no way in the world that Celtic should have been beat at home by that Hungarian side. And for Neil Lennon, he came out after that. And, and, and I really don't think he did backtrack. And as you say, Gordon, he didn't actually say he regretted saying the words. Right? To me, as a Rangers supporter, it's great. You know what I mean? Because there's a bit of disharmony in Celtic. And I think Edward will go before the end of the, end of the transfer window. And the same as Morelos. Morelos... I think that used to be last year it was like if Morelos goes Rangers are going to be in turmoil if Edward goes um, there's other players to come in and Edward I think it's slightly different now. I think if Edward goes and it, it showed the other day Edward goes I think Celtic going to lose Edward bigger and, and, and miss them more than Morelos will with Rangers so um, I, I, I think I think honestly at this season I think and I've said it for I, I, and I've been I've been <laughs> Polluted on Twitter and things like that, um, but I think this season Rangers have have got the upper hand this season. I really do. Okay, time will tell. Uh, you mentioned Alfredo Morelos, so did Stephen Gerrard after the game. He's obviously happy with the clean sheets. He expects to see Morelos after the international break, and he's hoping Yanis Hadji can kick on after that goal. And the players deserve a lot of credit for it. But listen, you know, you, 
it's fantastic to keep clean sheets it gives you that base to go and win football matches and that's what I'm really pleased about but um, it's not clean sheet records I want I want success for the team come the end of the season yeah, that's the main target for us all I'm taking each day as it comes in terms of Alfredo he's trained really well this week um, but I really can't control what other teams are going to do um, all I've got to do is manage the situation on a daily basis and um, at the moment where we stand right now I expect to see him after the international break Going for Yanis how much do you think he's got this confidence? Well listen um, we, we know the talent we know the player we know him really well we've, we've purchased him in the summer because we believe in him um, he's been a little bit hit and miss this season so far but uh, I thought it was a strong performance from him he gets his goal which will help him now he goes away and plays for Romania hopefully he'll come back healthy and um, you know, the, the, the players are giving me selection headaches from game to game and, and that's a good position to be in as the Rangers manager. John's also a Rangers fan on the line. What are you making of the clean sheet record at the moment, John? Uh, the clean sheet record, I just forgot to say something. I heard George Bowie picked up some disco lights, you know what I mean, for his GBX, going for Nancy Parkade. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he, he needs to do set of lights. I wondered where that, wondered where that was going here. Uh, uh, Park, he, you know what I mean? They're getting him away for nothing. Jerry McCulloch, uh, he was doing his interview for him, telling him to him. Right, uh, OK. That's my funny bit, you know what I mean? Funny? Right. I think yeah, it is funny. When you go, John, I'm only kidding. They spent three million, they went three million for, for disco lights, you know what I mean? They can't use them. <laughs> right, my point is, my team still got, they're still, my, my, my personal opinion, there's one or two that we could, I would take out the team, but I'm not going to slag them off. I'm happy that the, the positions that we're in is quite nice. And I'll say, Hollander's come in, but the other boys just sitting there. It's good to see that. But we're only at an early stage of the season. And I was hearing that guy talking about Celtic. I wouldn't talk about Celtic very much. I would just concentrate. Couldn't care what Neil Lennon's going to say. Couldn't care less. I just want to concentrate. If we pick up three points every game, clean sheets, John McLaughlin. Been consistent since he came in. I think probably say he has actually been really, really good for us. Probably I need a right back, but there's a couple of players that were playing on Saturday. I would, I would sell as soon as I could, and I don't understand why Morelos never got started. Get, no, I mean, why I never gave him a wee bit of game time? I think if you look at Morelos's face tripping him, as we say in this part of the world, uh, you'll understand why he's not playing. Stephen Gerrard that clearly would rather go without him at the moment. Uh, and I think there's a situation that, that will have to come to a head sooner rather than later. You can't have him sitting there all over the country with his face tripping him. You'd be as well selling him and getting a, a, as much money as you possibly can. Alex, I sometimes wonder if we focus on him too much. Everyone's always determined to read his facial expressions. Footballer looking unhappy at not playing, <laughs> shocker. You know, like. Of course. Th- they kind of should be un- unhappy. Um, but the next couple of weeks, that might be an important window because. Yeah. He can go away and, and do whatever he's doing if, if there's time off It maybe gives a bit of time for a Rangers to establish Whether any potential suitors are going to come back in Because if they don't then, then he stays yeah, you know, he's, he's a Rangers player Yeah I think Stephen Gerrard said that he doesn't know where it's going to go Gordon He said he's away with Columbia and he hopes he comes back fit and well So that's what would suggest as it currently stands at the moment I think, that, no sorry, I, th- I think that was Hadji he was talking about specifically When he said about going away and hope he comes back All right, healthy okay. That was Hadji but. Well anyway I think over the next couple of weeks Gordon I think, um, I think it'll be interesting because it gives... Both clubs, if they're still in discussion, where they're at uh, to try and get a deal struck. Going back to his facial expressions, I don't read too much into that. I tell you what, if there was someone sitting on the bench smiling and laughing and joking, I'd be going, What are you laughing at? You might be on the pitch. 
So uh, I was Whenever I was on the bench I was really unhappy About not playing So I think we get kind of caught up in a lot of this. I think when you look at Roof, I think it's an opportunity to get him another uh, minutes, a lot of game time under his belt because he's still playing catch up and he needs to try and get there. He nearly scored uh, in the first half when he hit the crossbar. So, uh, you know, Rangers are at a decent place. But I think when you go back to Hadji as well, Gordon, uh, you know, getting his first goal, settled down. He's only 21. Yeah. He's coming to a new country. Signed. Hit and miss, Stephen Gerrard called uh, it. Well, I think that's a fair comment. You know, and I, I think uh, when you listen to Stephen Gerrard, he gives a t- true assessment. Gordon, you know, and I don't think he tries to pull any punches. And if he's doing that to the players as well, at least the players know where they stand. Mm. So you know, he knows he has to be more consistent to be a, a, a starter for Rangers. Cheers, John. This is a good time for you to join John on the line, though, because we'll get travel with Stephen, which means we could be speaking to you next. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans is here. Alex Ray is alongside him. Now all they need is for you to join them. You can do that in a couple of ways on the phones, usual number, or Twitter at Clyde SSB. As we look back on the weekend's biggest talking points, of course, it is International Week, so we'll. Ramp that up as the week progresses uh, But at the moment I think there's enough domestic stuff To keep us occupied uh, Sean is a Celtic fan from Kilmarnock Wants to talk about Neil Lennon So let's hear from Stephen Robinson After the game yesterday No panic as far as he's concerned Despite being bottom of the table It's not an unusual situation We're losing games when we're along um, I've been here plenty of times before um, It's a club that gets players in People keep judging what happened last season um, We haven't won for X amount of games But eight different players that started in our last game as opposed to what started against Hearts so it's a different squad with different people um, and yeah of course the frustration is we haven't got points on the board you know I can't hide away from that there's been things I think is fairly good which gives me the confidence that we will turn it around now look at all our teams last season who didn't start particularly well and finished top six and no reason why we can't turn that around we we'll, certainly won't press any panic buttons performances on the whole I've been I've been happier with than people might think but ultimately I know I'm judged in getting results and, and winning football matches and this moment in time we're not doing it. Are we close to doing it? Yeah, as I say, I don't think we'll get judged on today's game. We were well organised and just got to be better better side. But we get judged on what we do going forward after the international break. We've got games I think we can win and start um, getting a little run together. I mean, Hugh, it was probably as comfortable an opening 40 minutes as Motherwell will ever have at Celtic Park. Yeah. But they lost 3-0 And that doesn't really count for very much no. What do you make of Stephen Robinson's take on, on the way things are overall 20 years The worst start in 20 years Yeah I think he's trying to keep a lid on everything You remember in the earlier part of the season He was ripping his players apart At the end of games And we said at the time Well early in the season for all of that Then you turn around He's six games in He's had two draws and four defeats. The best player at the club has gone to Celtic for £3 million, David Turnbull. He's got a tricky draw now, Stephen Robinson, yeah. in the Europa League qualifiers against uh, Oran Kearney's Coleraine. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's coming to a head for Motherwell. They can only hope that they take two weeks out, regroup, have a fresh look at things. But at the moment, everything is going against them. Yeah, they're just looking for that first win, Gordon. But I look at some of the fixtures, as you said. They've got St Johnson, who are going along no bad. And then they've got Coleraine away, Aberdeen up at Petaudry, Hugh. And then they've got uh, Rangers. So some tough, tough games there. Yeah. I think the quicker they get a win, Gordon, it may well settle them down. They're obviously going to have to uh, rejig things with Turnbull leaving. But I think they've got, I definitely think they've got enough to stay mm. away for trouble. All right, let's bring in Sean, who's a Celtic fan in Kilmarnock. What's on your mind, Sean? Hi, fan. How are you doing? Yeah, good. good. Cheers, Sean. I um, just I wanted to talk about Neil Lennon, but just before I make my point, just in, in response to the, the previous caller that was talking about the disco lights, 
Uh, it's better to have disco lights than to need ten bob to keep yours on. Uh, see, we can crack, we can crack jokes as well. Lots of electricity themed jokes flying around yeah. between Celtic Rangers. There's a, there's a first time for everything. Uh, anyway, Sean, what what about Neil Lennon? Because there's been quite a lot said this week, hasn't there? Okay, listen, I'm, I'm falling just in, in defence of the manager. Um, as uh, again, a previous caller has mentioned that he felt that there was no better man to be at our club this season, and I tend to agree with that. Um, did he get a team, team selection wrong last Wednesday? He did. Uh, I think he must he, he must have went to that system, probably forced because of injuries, but he must have seen something in training to make him think that was going to work. I think the weekend's team selection probably, I don't know if it's as much an ego trip as him maybe trying to vindicate the fact that he knows it can work. It didn't, it changed it, we got the three points. But listen, Lennon's proved before that he can keep our team motivated. I've got no doubt that we, when we click, we'll go on a wee run. But, um, mm. and that's about it. was just a short point, but just there's a lot of stick coming, a lot of unnecessary stick coming the Lennon's way, well, as far as I'm concerned. If you have a, a club uh, with a 60,000 seater ground and, uh, you know, which would have been full but for the coronavirus crisis, in, in among 60,000 people, you'll have many shades of opinion. And um, we're hearing them all in this programme. I don't think that Neil can possibly get away with uh, playing Ryan Christie anymore. Um, when we come out of the two-week break in Celtic are at Dingwall, if Klamala's not in the team, or Ayeti's not in the team, or Edward's not in the team, then you're entitled to ask why. You can't go on saying they're not much fit. Uh, that's just not going to wash anymore. He's, he did what he did against Ferenc Varos and it backfired horribly. He played the same team for the first half against Motherwell and it nearly backfired horribly until James Forrest and Callum McGregor conspired to score a terrific goal and then Klamala came on and Ayeti came on. So that episode has to be over now for Neil Lennon. And uh, being a student of the club as he has been for 20 years since he got here from Leicester he knows the way this is all playing out among the Celtic supporters now he knows that the loss to Ferenc Baros has changed the mood entirely so by the time they get to Dingwall two weeks from now there'll be strikers in strikers roles Alex do you think some of the reaction the negative reaction has been over the top Gordon we said in the last break that uh, when you play with the old firm as soon as you get knocked out of that Champions League at a very early stage, then this is the reaction you get. I remember back to, I think it was CSK in Moscow when we, we lost uh, in that one and people were going, it's a disgrace and you know pressure was on Alex McLeish. Even though they had signed players 15 million euros, which was, God, it was a long time ago. It was nearly 15, 16 years ago. So when you put it in perspective, but th- this is a normal reaction. Uh, from going out to uh, the early group stages But it is over the top We're very reactive Very emotional in this part of the country uh, And I think Neil Lennon will be looking forward To getting to Ross County Try and go on a little run And then it will quickly subside mm. uh, Sean The international break in, in that respect Does it It's one of these cliches I try, try and stay away from them But I'll go for it You know, Does it does it come at a good time? Does it allow everybody just to Perhaps take a bit of time Take stock Get Odson Edward back fit? Well, I think it allows, um, obviously, to allow acclimatise people. But again, it, the excuses need to stop. And I'm not, I'm not saying the excuses are coming. Like, I don't understand why Colmar is no fit. I would, I would ask the same questions to probably a lot of, a lot of people in terms of why they boys are not fit. But again, 
two weeks down the line. It, it may actually come at a bad point in terms of you've got a win under your belt. Like I said, I, I think the more games you play, they come in rapid succession, provided you get the three points on the board. But that obviously breeds confidence. Maybe just there's been a lull, couple of games, another lull, I don't know. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Thank you very much to Sean in Kilmarnock. That takes us up to time for Beat the Pundit. You lot need to get your finger out. The listeners beat you last week. It was 3 2 uh, to the listeners last yeah. week. But you get a clean slate on a Monday night 0141 951 1025. You come on here, answer as many questions right as you can. And if you beat the pundit, you win a signed ball. It is that simple. But the lines close at 7, so be quick 0141 951 1025. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are in the building looking back on some of the weekend's biggest talking points if you think we've missed any you know what to do pick up the phone and put us right 0141-951-1025 we heard from Neil Lennon he's talking about no ego trip as far as he's concerned after picking the same starting 11 yesterday Stephen Gerrard thinks Rangers were a bit wasteful despite taking all three points against Hamilton um, and lots more still to come between now and 8 o'clock because the latest round of Euro qualification opponents have been revealed for our Scottish clubs and we'll tell you about them after these Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football I'm telling you, the pundits need to earn their wage on Beat the Pundit this week because they lost 3-2 to the listeners last week. Hugh, have you been suitably punished and studying hard this weekend? Well, I went to my seven-year-old grandson's <laughs> birthday party yesterday. I'll take, that as a no. I'll take that as a no. Where was it? In the house. In oh. his house. Oh. I don't have them in my house. They're I was going to say. They're, they're too... Wild, unruly Wild, unruly All those words are good I didn't have you down as the host Uh, Let's bring in Graham Who's tonight's contestant Trying to make things even worse for you lot Graham and Giffnick How's it going? Uh, Not bad, yourself? Yeah, not too bad at all Graham, this lot are here for the taking Three (laughs) victories for the listeners last week Can you make it a fourth in quick succession? Hopefully Hopefully Hopefully. Toss the coin If it's heads, it's you Tails, it's Alex Ray Oh, I'll do it again Just, yes. just to, to keep us right Don't want Ofcom getting involved um, Tails it is Alex Ray will take on Graham In Giffnick So Alex Ray Let me give you something else To listen to That's me Change the headphones over Graham So he can't hear us I'll put 30 seconds on the clock Just answer as many questions Right as you can And pass if you don't know You ready? Yep Let's go 30 seconds starts now Name either of Rangers Goal scorers on Saturday in which town are Wraith Rovers based? Oh, eh. Oh, pass. How many, how many Champions League titles has Pep Guardiola won as manager? Three. Who's Celtic's all time record goal scorer? Larson. Who does Scotland face on Friday? Israel. At what club did Stephen Fletcher start his professional career? Hibs. Who won the 1970 World Cup? It pass. Go on, just guess a country. Uh, Brazil. Okay, let's bring Alex Ray back. Alex, can you hear us? Yes. Same set of questions to you. 30 seconds on the clock. Time starts now. Name either of Rangers goal scorers on Saturday. Hadji. In which town are Wraith Rovers based? Kirkcaldy. How many Champions League titles has Pep Guardiola won as manager? Three. Who is Celtic's all time record scorer? Jimmy McCrory. Who does Scotland face on Friday? Israel At which club did Stephen Fletcher start his professional Hibs. career Who won the 1970 World Cup? 
Brazil Who did Aberdeen defeat In the 1983 Cup Winners Cup Final Gothenburg How many caps Did Mark Wilson win For Scotland One Come on oh. Oh. One <laughs> Graham what do you think I think you know a good, At least two He's beat me by there yeah. He sounded confident Didn't he He was on one there Let's find out Name either of Rangers <laughs> Scorers on Saturday Hadji or Tavernier I think you both went Hadji So it's one all In which town are Wraith Rovers based It is Kirkcaldy Graham Kirkcaldy Big Marvin Andrews yeah. Territory I can't believe you said that On this show Gordon DL will be on the phone Straight no, away he, he is the Lord Mayor <laughs> uh, It is Kirkcaldy 2-1 to Alex Ray How many Champions League titles Did Pep win as manager It's two You both went for three 2-1 uh, to Alex Celtic's all-time top scorer Hugh Jimmy McGrory It is Jimmy McGrory 3-1 to Alex Ray You went on a wee run after that Graham Because you knew That Scotland faced Israel You knew that Hibs Was where Fletcher started his career And you knew that Brazil after a bit of prompting uh, Won the <laughs> World Cup But unfortunately for you Alex got all of them as well He then kicked on Hugh tell him where he went wrong Who did Aberdeen defeat In the honestly, 83 Cup Winners Cup honestly, final if Furious Fergie hadn't banished me Into the wilderness years ago I'd be calling him tonight To say Alec Ray Didn't remember that you beat Real Madrid I in Gothenburg, in Gothenburg. Was in Gothenburg. See, just, You're on the, you're on the button Hugh Are you there Hugh? Or we, I know you covered Aberdeen a lot of the time Were you actually at that game? I wasn't I, no. I started out the, the first match they played uh, Was in Poznan in Poland And mm-hmm. I was at that one And then uh, I didn't go to another one after that There was a change of reporter There we go And uh, number nine How many caps did Mark Wilson win for Scotland? Just the one One more than you Alex Ray That he always likes yes. to tell you about With no, the six of sides yeah. And then you kick him And then There we go That's ten, That's how it works Right do you, Graham do you know what? That wasn't bad at all One, two, three, four uh, for you But unfortunately You met a man in form One, two, three, four, five, six A seven For Alex seven Ray Seven last week as well I might add uh-huh. Hard lines Graham Well yeah, played, uh, well played Graham Cheers yeah. by the way You're doing not too bad these days That's no, two I, sevens in a row And then you lost with a six Did you not? Yes, Unbelievably uh, Yes that's right I've had mm. uh, three sixes and two sevens Yeah I'm impressed with you this season Thanks yep. very much Good pre-season under your belt Yep, I'm back for it. Yep, I like it. I like Mark what, Wilson and Gordon Dio will ruin this. Don't worry about that. They two were so bad last week. And by the way, they're not always that bad. We, I like to take the Mickey out of them when they're bad. But I don't know what happened last week. They just had complete head loss, and they were woeful. And it meant the listeners won overall. But that's a good start for the pundits. Thanks to Alex Ray, one nil to the pundits. So one four one nine five one one zero two five. Share your thoughts with us, Rangers. Have been drawn away to Lincoln Red Imps In the Europa League second qualifying round um, That's a name we've become familiar with In the last couple of seasons Aberdeen will travel to Viking of Norway And Mullerwell will take on Coleraine Also away um, Oren Kearney Of course the manager of Coleraine Who knocked out Maribor on penalties just last week The ties, remember, are one-off matches Not two legs And they'll be played on Thursday, September the 17th Everyone will remember of course Brendan Rodgers first ever game as Celtic manager Losing to Lincoln Red Imps uh, Although he lost 1-0 Then won 3-0 at Celtic Park uh, But for me Even though it's a, just a one-off match For me It's a total mismatch It's the equivalent of a bye for Rangers Into the next round uh, Coleraine Under Oran Kearney's management Represent a, an altogether different task for a Motherwell side who have yet to win a domestic match But who did score five against Glentoran In the previous round of the Europa League qualifiers So it will be a very awkward trip for Stephen Robinson But uh, Viking, who play in Stavanger uh, in Norway 
Uh, that will also be potentially awkward for Derek McInnes, but I think he's got some good things going on. Ross McCrory, mm. Lewis Ferguson, Marley Watkins, Ryan Hedges. He's got them going, and it's to his eternal credit. I mean, Hugh's right. In a footballing sense, Rangers are massive favourites, Alex. Yes. The bookmakers' odds will reflect that near the game. I suppose the only thing is the fact that the one leg is, is away rather than at home yeah. and you have to deal with you know the different surroundings and all the rest of it. Like I say, still Rangers overwhelming favourites. Um, but that, that's the only thing that would leave you with any shred of concern now, whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think the fact... Uh, I think the smaller clubs will prefer the one-off, Gordon, because you can just consolidate, try and, try and get that odd little goal, hang on to and see where it goes. But I think I actually feel as if the three teams can progress you, which uh-huh. is important for the coefficient. Yeah, there's no doubt Rangers will. You know, people will go on and on and on about Lincoln Redemps beating Celtic one 0 But it, one of those freakish happenings that comes along every now and then, like Rangers going to uh, Luxembourg and losing to Progress Nederland, these things once in a blue moon will happen. Uh, the the one that I would have slight concern about would be Motherwell against Coleraine, simply because if Oren Kearney can build a team good enough to beat Maribor. Then Motherwell can't go there Feeling super optimistic Well that's the thing A week ago Alex Two weeks ago You have Motherwell down as major favourites For that one as well But all of a sudden When you see The Coleraine result Against Maribor I mean they'll be Absolutely flying It goes without yeah. saying That if you can beat Maribor They'll think they can beat Motherwell Yeah I think so Gordon I think when you look at The uh, the performance that night For Motherwell I think they went down to 10 men And then that's when They really kicked on mm-hmm. Motherwell So you know That was tight uh, Going up to that point so I think uh, Oren Kieran were actually looking at that and thinking we've got a right good chance, particularly at home. Yeah, and again, if you're looking for just these small factors that can make life hard, I think Lincoln Redemps, it certainly was Astro when Celtic played there. I, I think it's the same. Just something else to consider. Yeah, it's no, listen, it's no ideal. I don't think anyone enjoys playing on that surface. I've yet to see a decent game as well. So, uh, But anyway, you still have to contend uh, whoever you play. Um, yeah, so like I say, one North matches Thursday the 17th of mm. September uh, Let's try and tie a few of those things in all together Hugh just mentioned uh, Aberdeen travelling to Viking of Norway um, A good win for Aberdeen at Easter Road yesterday And after the performance against Hibs Derek McKinnis says Ross McCrory is a dream of a player He says he loves working with him And believes he'll only get better I love the boy, I absolutely love I think he's a dream, um, on and off the pitch. You know, he's, I like boys who are hungry, I like boys who are motivated. A lot of boys leave the old farm and think it's downhill for there. Um, and a lot of them, uh, because they think that, they don't ever go in and do anything. Um, when they know it, he's different. He, he didn't want to be in the shadows, he didn't want to just be a Rangers squad player. He wanted to get out and get on with his career, and I love that about him. He deserves a lot of credit for that, because I'm pretty sure, and I know Rangers see qualities in him, but... The fact that Ross was in such a hurry to get on and get out and um, it's testament to him and he'll get his reward for that. Because young boys at that age, you need to be playing games between 20 and 23, you really need to be playing the games to get to fulfil your career. If you're not playing games at that age, then you'll know of the career you're capable of. And I think that he's he's now getting an opportunity to play games for us on a regular basis. And I only think he'll get better. Because I just love him in Aberdeen shirt, absolutely love him. Yeah, I uh, I was speaking to him Hugh before the game last Thursday night, and uh, he says he just wants to go out and play. Uh, it's a, it must have been a wrench for him to leave Rangers because of the size of the club, but he wants to play football. He's gone there. He, he, he believes in Derek McInnes as well. He spoke to Derek oh. McInnes and Jack Ross. He says he, he, he liked what Derek McInnes had to say, 
And I, I did a bit of work with him at under 17s. Robbie, his brother, and Ross were in, in the squad here. And their application was first class. You could see that both of them wanted to progress as far as they can go. You know, and they're just starting to get regular first team football, and it, they both will benefit from that. Yeah, and, you know, at his age and at Lewis Ferguson's age, uh, it's there for Aberdeen for years to come. Uh, I just think that at the time of the Aberdeen 8, the infamous night out in Union Street, and everything that followed Nicola Sturgeon threatening to close down the Scottish game, they have lived under a shadow. That entire football club has lived under a shadow. And I think that Derek McInnes has held the club together, and now it's three league wins in a row and a big European win, and on now to, to Viking. I'm not recommending that people... Quickly change their pre-season predictions After just a couple of games Alex But I just wonder if what we've seen already Has maybe started to convince people Who didn't think that Aberdeen Could be the third force in Scottish football against this Again this season That, that maybe they were a bit hasty Just because you know A lot yeah. of people tipped Motherwell It already looks like that would be A long way off for of them Hibs yeah, decent so Henshaw. far Aberdeen going there and winning yesterday I always felt as if Aberdeen I'm not quite sure what I actually predicted Gordon, I'd need to have a, a, a look well, at if it you, but If I, you can't I, remember There is well, no I, chance I, at all I actually think I had him down as third uh, Third or fourth um, When you look at the squad of players Gordon What he has got is He's got offensive options now Derek he's Some real good options going forward And once Well obviously Main's just getting back up to speed Once you get Cosgrove back Watkins you know, you've got Ferguson, that's him get three goals in the last week What a week he's had he's, I was saying to you before the show He's only just turned 21 here I feel yeah. as if that boy's been about for about five or six years He will develop into a good midfielder You've got McCrory so, And then what you also have is You have the core at Aberdeen You've got uh, Considine, McKenna You've got Lewis at the back with that experience counts Johnny Hayes has brought a level of professionalism there as well So they have a right good balance I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if they finish up third Alright let's bring in David Who is a Celtic fan in Kerfin But actually has a point about Ross McCrory David Is that right? I I think the Ross McCrory deal stinks to the high heavens To be fair As well as the Jamie Murphy deal And I'll tell you why Celtic um, loaned out Ryan Christie up to Aberdeen um, We had development Perspective on it And the fact that he'd go up Play first team football Toughen himself up And Celtic would reap the rewards Which is exactly what happened The fact that Ross McCrory Is going up to Aberdeen On a loan for the rest of the season But everybody knows that it's a £350,000 deal At the end of the season So he's not been a loan player Going up there to develop he's, The only reason it's a loan Is that it's been negotiated That he can't obviously play against Rangers in the remaining games with Aberdeen and that's the only explanation I can see as to why alone then we are a guaranteed move at the end of the season um, because it's not as if it's huge transfer fees maybe with the virus and, and the, the restrictions of the pandemic might mean that the cash flow it's 350,000 um, and Jamie Murphy would I, I expect would be less but would be free I would have thought um, and at the end of the season he, again he's got to be a, a Hibs player full time so I mean, why why is it a loan deal, and then the only explanation be so they can't play against Rangers in this season of all seasons? Yeah, I suppose the only thing to just to get you to try and elaborate a bit, David, if that's well within the rules, and obviously Hibs and Aberdeen agreed to, what stinks about it when you say stinks to the high heavens? What stinks about it? Well, just it's, if, uh, uh, is it well? I don't know. It must be well within the rules that it's happened, but it just Rangers obviously must be a little bit. A little bit scared Of the fact that they're, they're leasing out two players That they don't deem good enough To be in their team And they're willing to sell them To yeah. another, to yeah, another I mean, club Surely surely, play against them. surely the, the club In the form of Stephen Gerrard 
uh, is entitled to protect his team's position. If he doesn't want Ross McCrory playing against him, uh, Ryan Christie never played against Celtic when he was uh, on loan. He wasn't uh, up there to stay at Aberdeen after, after the loan spell. He was, he was at, so in effect, Ross McCrory and Jamie Murphy are Rangers players but listen you're not contesting the fact that it's not in the rules it's, it's in the rules it's okay it's permissible but you're describing it as stinking to high heaven it sounds to me as if you're the one that's worried not Rangers to be fair right even he, let's give David the benefit of the doubt if he's mm. gone in a bit strong on the stinking of the high heavens remark Alex I think where you would agree is it's it's quite rare, you know. We don't see it too often, and that they're, they're probably, possibly, whatever you think, is a part of it. Where Rangers don't want those players playing against them this season. But surely, is the onus then on on Hibs or Aberdeen to say no? We're not happy with that, and and therefore there is no yeah. deal. They, they obviously are. I'm not saying they're delighted about it, but they're obviously content enough. Without knowing the actual uh, the deal, Gordon. If you take Murphy as an example. Murphy's gone there on loan He's probably negotiated an extra year off Hibs Before he actually went there Because Rangers were only willing him to go I think Hibs will only be paying a fraction of his wages So the loan deal was the way that had to structure that Because I don't think Hibs could afford His wages that he's on at Rangers So that's that one part For Ross McCrory He has gone up there now And again I don't know But if you take Johnny Hayes' situation I'm not sure that Aberdeen would have £350,000 now So it may well be the case That they'll be willing to pay that next year So they have to take him on a loan at the moment I get that But you don't think there's any part of this Which is about Rangers not wanting McCrory or Murphy To play against them this season No, not that I can see no. <laughs> even, <laughs> But even, even if that were the case All is fair in love and war They're not breaking any rules Therefore McCrory will not play against Rangers And neither will Murphy uh, at Hibs So You know David you're, you're, you're going to have to just Learn to live with this I'm afraid Listen, I, listen I, I'm, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it But I just wanted to highlight the issue I found it very strange As you said um, Gordon It's 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 not normal that, that usually when players go on loan It's for development So that Whenever they come back to their own, their own club It's very I've, I've never heard of it in, in any other way Whereby players Sign on loan for a club in their own league Knowing that next season They're going to be In well, The wages That are not Murphy, Jamie Murphy's contract Was finished next year anyway It was not going to be renewed So The fact that he's went there On loan mm-hmm. Is only because They cannot sign him With the wages He's on the now Gordon In terms of uh, McCrory Now It's well documented That Aberdeen Don't have the money At the moment Gordon So to go up there The only way they can actually Facilitate this Is to go on loan With a view And they've already agreed The price Next summer So I don't see any Conspiracy here David You know you're obviously worried well, There isn't one anyway Because there's no rule Being broken You know there's not yeah, but, 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 It's not but, a conspiracy but, In any way David just try, thinks this is a very but, Sinister way to go about but, things But, but, but do you know what It might it might still be a byproduct. You know there might Still be a part of Where that does suit Rangers And they say well That's good Because they can't You know they can't play against us yeah. And they can play against their rivals That, that I think that's I think that issue is there It's whether you care about it or not uh, Aberdeen, Aberdeen and Hibs Are getting two very good players and Aberdeen are getting a, a young man who, as I say, if he progresses as he has started to do at Petaudry, will be a probable future Scotland international. Uh, so the clubs are getting two very good players. At the start, we cannot play against Rangers. I don't see that that is a big deal. Uh, if they agree, 
as you say, they had the alternative. They could say, oh no, well, if that's the case, we don't want them. Derek McInnes is talking about loving Ross McCrory and what this is going to do for his team. And Jamie Murphy will make a difference to him. But for this season, they can't play against Rangers. Um, you know, David has turned this into a conspiracy. Um, David will have to concentrate on what Celtic do against Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup semi-final and what Celtic do against Hibs and what Celtic do against Rangers without worrying about what Rangers are doing that no laws have been broken Thank you David In Kerfin it's 0141 Got a good question for you tonight ah. Oh lovely Celtic fans are going to need to get involved Rangers fans are going to need to get involved There are some famous names in Scottish football so everyone else can still get involved and we're looking for the guys that do the most important thing Find the back of the net I'll give you the question next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are in the building It's 0141 951 1025 To speak to them You can tweet as well At Clyde SSB So keep the calls coming We're here until just before 8 o'clock In the meantime Get your pen or pencil Or whatever you need to do Ready Because we're going to get this Full time teaser Up and running And I think you lot out there Are going to absolutely Nail this But I I like it It's a bit different Hugh We've not had a question Like this It's from Graham Lynn So Graham Got in touch At full time At Clyde1.com If you want to hear your question That's where you need to go Full time At Clyde1.com Now Graham says this might take a little bit of explaining So listen up Only 10 players Have scored 15 or more goals In a 9 in a row season In Scotland Can you name them? So only 10 Only 10 players have scored 15 or more goals In a 9 in a row season In Scotland Do you see what we mean here? So it's been done 3 times 73-74 Celtic 96-97 Rangers And 1920 Celtic Now across Those three teams Only 10 players Have scored 15 or more goals In those seasons Kenny Dalglish Right let's take one at a time No Kenny Dalglish Yes Top of the tree He got 30 goals In the 73-74 season What did you say a minute ago? McCoyst He got 20 In the 96-97 season well, it was a poor season for Coisty there. That was all competi- it's all competitions as well, I by the way, it. for everyone yet. Um uh, Lee Griffith. Hooper. No. No. No, because Celtic oh, did it last season. Oh yeah. So it's um Edward. Yes. Twenty eight Eds Odson Edward got last season. That's fine, we'll leave it there. So you're Pretty, that's a pretty good start You've got 3 of the 10 What can you come up with on Twitter? Only 10 players have scored 15 or more goals In a single 9 in a row winning season In Scotland So it needs to be the 73-74 season The 96-97 season Or last season Because that's the only 3 times that, that Scottish teams have won 9 in a row So you should get it by now You've got Kenny Dalgleish, Odson Edward And Ali McCoist 3 down and seven to go We're about to take another call Let's keep going on Some of the other weekend's talking points as well We always try and hear from as many managers as possible Jim Goodwin says St Mirren were extremely poor at times Against St Johnson He says they didn't deserve anything out of the game And even at that The game plan wasn't helped by injuries Yeah we have no arguments about the, the final outcome um, You know we were extremely poor in the first half Never laid a glove on St Johnston. Um, never done the basics well enough all afternoon, really. 
a slight improvement in the second half, which you would expect because you know we couldn't uh, have played any worse. That's for sure. Um, but you know, St Johnston thoroughly deserved their three points today. Very unlikely performance today. Yeah, I mean, look, we had to try and shuffle the pack a little bit with Joe Shaughnessy being out. We wanted to try and be offensive and, and, and get at St Johnston. We played with two strikers up top. We played with Kyle McAllister in the hole, hoping to get him on the ball and exploit the space. But quite simply, it never panned out that way. And then we had to make uh, formation changes after about a half an hour mark. Uh, obviously made an early substitution. We had to make another sub at half-time with Junior Elias picking up an injury. So, listen, it just wasn't to be our afternoon today. Um, that was nowhere near... Uh, good enough from our point of view well he's an honest man yeah. uh, they didn't play well enough to win end of story and uh, you know he's done well so far Jim Goodwin the, the one games that uh, have been a real bonus for them but he's had a bad day at the office just to tell the truth yeah listen they're still in the top six Gordon which I think has uh, been really impressive a good start I think Josh Shaughnessy was uh, Josh Shaughnessy was the a big miss for them with that straight red card last week uh, and Ryan Fraser get uh, injured as well during that match so that was two of his back line effectively out but I think overall he'd be looking for a better performance because he, he did say it's as bad as I've played all season uh, Yeah and St Johnston Alex just on top yeah. really from, from minute one in fact I think was it not straight from kickoff there was yeah. a slip um, by McCarthy for St Mirren St Johnston went in the front foot and it, it kind of continued that way for a lot of the game Yeah I've, I've watched uh, a few of uh, St Johnston's games Gordon he's actually got them playing a nice brand of football and uh, is it McNamara right back Quite you, you just like him because he came no, from Millwall I, well, I didn't know that until you told me at the weekend but I actually said it helps I, I, yeah, well, of course it does <laughs> I, I spotted him play a couple of weeks ago and I thought this kid's really good I actually thought he'd come through the system there but he was impressive but when you come into your first job and, and you know you've got seven points already as St Johnson have, uh, you know, so they'll be looking to try and nip into that top six as well. Uh, yeah, so good day at the office for St Johnston and you, you you get these signings and sometimes you, you're well aware that you're getting a guy who's coming slightly towards the end of his career and that's that's why you can get him because when he was at his pomp you couldn't and Craig Conway would, yeah. would come into that bracket. A great ball across for Stevie May and that's the quality that is, is the reason behind him coming to the club Yeah um, Sometimes these things just go for you You know that Maybe he wanted back to Scotland For family reasons Whatever But it's a, certainly a terrific signing for them And uh, with it, uh, Stevie May scoring uh, Coming off the bench and scoring Helps his conference Perhaps Callum Davison will think This international break's come at the wrong time for me I like the boy Conway I, I, We tried to sign him at Blackpool When we were doing the Wednesday And uh, you know he was a good player he Ended up going to uh, Blackburn But um Unfortunately But he's been a good player Good pro And again When you bring him back To this level With the kids In around St Johnson It's a good combination uh, Let's bring in Jim Who's a Rangers fan In Springboig What jumped out at you Over the weekend Jim? Well it's I, I've been watching I've watched every Rangers game Since Stephen Gerrard Took over on Rangers TV mm-hmm. And uh, I've just not been impressed With some of the signings He's made Right which especially ones? The, especially the two centre forwards uh, Roth and Dullerboy I mean, who, who was it? Who was it that spotted these guys? You know what I mean. You've got you've got those two written off already, Jim. I, I don't like them at all. I, that, there's nothing there. They don't. There's nothing there that sticks out to me. That, that show me they're going to be good players. Yeah, but I mean, Etten's played one game, is he not? He started one. Aye, and I think he's had a short goal yet in the game. The games he's played. But see this Barker, how how? How has he got a game? 
What does he actually? He brings nothing to the team whatsoever. See the boy Jordan Jones? I don't feel that boy got a fair crack in the whip. And I think Jordan Jones is a better player than mm. Barker is. All right, I think universally, I think it's unfair to write off Roof and Eaton. We barely know them, right? So yeah. Jim, by all means, can give us a call in a few months and he might well be right. That is a good debate, though. Brandon Barker, he splits a lot of opinion yeah. amongst Rangers fans. What would your take be? I think the last couple of games, Gordon, he showed a little bit more what he's capable of. If you look back to was it, uh, two weekends ago, he set up the second goal by driving down that left-hand side. I've said on it that I prefer him to be wider because when he's in the middle, I think he just pops little passes off. I, I think you should utilise his pace because that's what his, his strengths are, getting down the sides. Uh, but Steven Gerrard's clearly seen something over the course of this last couple of weeks, Gordon, because at one point it looked as if he was mm. on his way out the door. People always, when you speak to them, tell you that, that he trains extremely well. Yeah. That, obviously part of the... Yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely. So the thing is, you know, when you listen to Stephen Gerrard, he says if players are training well, he'll always give them an opportunity. He's clearly seen that in Brandon Barker, and uh, I think if he gets a run in the games as well, I think one of the things over the course he's never had a sustained period. Gordon last year he was in, he was out, never really playing a great deal. So, and that's the same as Jones. I take I take uh, Jim's point. You know, Jones never really got a fair crack. I think once he gets sent off against Celtic, it was all downhill from there. Yeah. He seems to be surplus to requirement. Rangers have actually let about four or five players out in recent weeks. Uh, the, the, the the fringe players that are not going to play. So it looks as if Jones is on his way out, and Barker seems to be very much in the plans. Fans of the pe- sorry, sorry, when you go, I would, I would love them to sign a really quick attacking midfield player. Somebody with a bit of guile, somebody that could unlock the fences. I think that's what we're screaming out for in that team just now. Well, I think that obviously... There's too much of a sameness in the middle of the park now with Jack and Kamara and what have you. Obviously, they'll be looking at that area, Rangers. But I was going to say, people have personal preferences. At the weekend, James Forrest played very well and scored a terrific goal and played wide right and wide left and had his best game of the season. Prior to that, He's been the whipping boy in this programme for the Celtic supporters. Uh, Rangers have played six games in the league, have not lost a single goal and are top of the league. Um, that is not to say that every player in the side is a world beater, but it would tend to suggest that the managers get half an idea of what he's doing. We don't see them every day, Alex. So yeah. You, you kind of have to guess and look from the outside. From that outside position... Do you feel like Jordan Jones Is at a similar level To Brandon Barker And therefore should be used Every bit as much As Jim suggests Gordon I haven't seen uh, Jones play Since the, the Celtic game If you look back To the start of last season He made a good impact Particularly in Europe Was it uh, Michelin They had, had a good game And you're looking at it And you think Oh yeah, he's starting to Kind of settle down It never materialised For him. Brandon Barker As I said It looked as if he was On the way out the door But he seems to have impressed I think he was over In one of the, the games in France Played particularly well Caught Steven Gerrard's eye And, he, and he's he's, uh, he's made an impact But going back to Jim's point About a midfielder Rangers were almost uh, Very close to signing The Ami in midfield uh, Zunga I think it was uh, For about £3 million pounds Or €3 million Euros. So they're very much In the market For a different type of midfielder And I think everybody knows Because there are A lot of players mm. That are similar You've got uh, Kamara uh, you've got Stephen J- uh, Davis, you've got uh, Jack, so they're all very similar. And maybe I look for something as he says, where we bit more guile driving the team forward. You must be a bit happier, Jim, with what you're seeing at the back. Oh, definitely, I definitely, I. So I just, I, I, I just feel that if you're going to have eleven players on a team, you want eleven, eleven players that's going to, it's going to give you something. You know, they're going to, they're going to have an effect on the game. 
he don't want any passengers in the team. Yeah. I, 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 Hadji is another one for me. I mean, man, my wife's quicker than him and she's 65. <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy's just one paced. Honestly, God. I think we can get a charity race. I, I think we'll, we'll now, get Hugh Keevens in there as well. Uh, yes. Of course. We're now coming to the stage where uh, you are, by implication, saying Stephen Gerrard doesn't know what he's doing. No, I, I must admit, no. Hugh, I, I, I don't buy that. For, Fan, this, fans, for this reason, for the, this reason, fans of every club, he, he, fans of every club are welcome to phone this show and question anything they want I've about not, their team. I've you not, can do that without yeah. saying your manager's clueless. Yeah, but Hadji was bought by Stephen Gerrard, who. I'm not saying that he personally instigated the deal and carried it out. Obviously, they've got a recruitment department at Rangers as well as any other club. But Rangers paid over £3 million to get Hadji. And to be dismissive of the player in that way, I don't think is reasonable. Yeah, that, that's a, that, that's a different matter But you, anyone Jim or anyone else yeah. Is more than welcome on here To question anything Their manager does that, You can do that Without thinking that The manager is clueless yeah. I, I have I have no issue With people coming on the show And saying this guy's th- This type of player or not I think we're very quick To judge as well Gordon You know, we, we, we you write... just don't think That Mrs Jim Would beat Hadji in a race Quite simply That's what you're telling me Well listen I want to try and keep this real But anyway <laughs> Um, I think that I think we, we're very quick to judge. Five years of start. <laughs> Jim, have you been at this afternoon? <laughs> You've been doing the local, but I, I think I think when you we're quick to judge players now. We've got Itton and Roof written off, and the Valley kicked the ball. They've, they've only arrived five minutes as well, so I think it's important to give people a, a, an opportunity to settle in and uh, make their mark. I'm interested to hear Jim. You be just positive, just satisfy my curiosity. Who's the who's Rangers' main man this season? You've given us all the duds. Who's the main man? Well, initially the start, I've I've, been, I've always been a wee bit uh, apprehensive when it came to Kent and all that. But I feel they started they started to come on to a game the, the last three or four games and Jim's showing, a t- you, showing yeah. you why they paid seven million for him. You know, he's shown a bit of consistency as well. I think Jim. I think that's what you're looking for. And he's still relatively young as well. He could be the driving force if he maintains that consistency. I think is Jim, he Rangers Jim, main player Jim, so far this season, Hugh? Jim sounds to me like he's a hard man to please. <laughs> Takes one to no one. Uh, but uh, Kent is certainly uh, for me. Uh, he looks consistently dangerous, and perhaps. Jim is looking on a consistent basis uh, at Rangers and doesn't see anyone at the moment other than Ryan Kent who is consistently dangerous. You're seeing a, a more, um, well, yeah, we use that word, a more dangerous Ryan Kent this season, Alex. You know, he scored a couple yeah. of important goals already. He pretty much forces the second, second goal, goal cross shot yeah. um, at, at the weekend. Is he, is he now doing it more in, in areas that are going to? Hurt the opposition and, and have a yeah. material impact on the game. Yeah, in the final third, Gordon, for me, if he is actually driving at people, um, I was with Neil McCann a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying he's got more ability than Neil in terms of he can chop on both feet. You know, he can get shots off, and he just feels as if he should set his targets slightly higher. You know, when I, when I, as a player, I've always said try and set your targets at the start of the season, but set them high so that you try and maintain that because if you set them low, you know you're not really setting any target at all. So. It's important to uh, set them. I, 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 I think maybe 15 goals could be a realistic target for them this year. Right, speaking of guys who've got X amount of goals in a season, let's see what you've got on this question. Good response on Twitter. Eddie Gray, for instance, he's got two Eddie, that, you guys, that you guys don't have yet. Uh, so we're looking for 10 players who've scored 15 or more goals in a nine-in-a-row winning season 
in Scotland So no one here. Kenny Dalgleish from 73-74 Hodson Edward from last season And Ali McCoist from 96-97 From 73-74 Bobby Lennox Yes he got 28 Alec. Dixie Dixie Deans Yeah he got 30 in the same oh, season welcome old boy What a goal scoring Look at that So 30 for Dalgleish that season 30 for Deans And 28 for Bobby Lennox oh, All in that season Bobby, Bobby was some goal scorer Wasn't he? Oh, he was um, uh, until Henrik Larson got here. Bobby was the third top goal scorer in Celtic's history. But then I think Henrik Larson beat him over the course of say, yeah. seven seasons. Here. I've, I've right. got a couple of names. If it's you're still looking for him, I'm going to go for Hately. No, do you know? I think he only got <gasps> one one goal that season. Did he? Yeah. Did he get injured? Must have. Right. Okay. Know. I'm going to go for Loudrop. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it lovely, there. Lovely. Uh, you've got McCoy, Loudrop, Edward, Lennox, Deans, Dalgleish. Ten players, fifteen or more goals. In a nine in a row winning season in Scotland We'll get the rest next Thank you to Jim Jim's away He's going to get his wife's running trainers out And we'll see what we can do on that race We'll speak to you soon Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard And into the final parts of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is here Alex Ray is alongside him uh, And they're having to team up To come up with the answers to this question Now just a bit of housekeeping for you to bear in mind If you want to hear your question used in the show the address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com So even if it's just an idea for a question Why not throw it over And we'll piece it together And I'll even give you the full credit for it Graham Lynn uh, He deserves all the credit though for this one A lot of research yes. going into this one Graham Lynn says Can you name 10 players that have scored 15 or more goals As part of a 9 in a row winning season in Scotland Now remember that's only been done 3 times So really you're looking for a Celtic player from 73-74 a Rangers player from 96-97 Or Celtic players from last season So with that in mind Kenny Dalglish Dixie Deans Bobby Lennox Odson Edward Brian Loudrop And Ali McCoy Any more? James Forrest Last season? Yeah Yep He got 16 <laughs> Brilliant uh, Alberts No Oh uh, Jukebox Jury No Er uh, I think of that nine in a row. Um, oh, it couldn't have just been McCoy's do it. It's only when we go to that generation here. Um, uh, I'm nothing. Silence. Yeah. I'm just trying uh, to think. Okay. Uh, before we go back to the phones, anything else that jumped out at you from the weekend that we need to we need to mention? Well, well I think Livingston. Sure. Sorry, I was yeah. going to say Livingston. I think the importance of that is really, you know, important. Uh, to get that first win because I, if they don't win at home, Gordon, they ain't picking up too much on the, on the road because their, their away form's been mm-hmm. pretty poor. And what did we say? Is what we said it on Saturday, didn't we? They, they were going to have to start winning at home, and, and that's yeah. exactly what they did. Well, uh, read one of my colleagues in particular today who began his match report by saying a horrible game of football. <laughs> now, uh, by all accounts, it was, uh, I, and he's only telling the truth. Uh, but Wibby. I'm not saying they specialise in winning ugly, but they win by being in your face. Don't they? They, they suffocate you, uh, and that appears to have been the case uh, on Saturday. And John Guthrie, um, you know, he, he's terrific in defence, and he was terrific in getting the header. And I don't know why Stuart Kettlewell, the Ross County manager, uh, went onto the pitch to complain to the referee and got himself a red card after full time. Because for me It was a perfectly legitimate goal What do you think? He was Stuart Kettlewell's complaint was That 
Ross Stewart was penalised mm-hmm. for a, a similar incident Earlier on in the game Yeah I, I have to say I didn't think there was too much In Guffrey's There might have been a bit of contact But enough You know I mm-hmm. think when you're kind of in, def- in that box You have to defend it manfully And you have to be powerful And I didn't think he'd done too much wrong So I think he, he was more disappointed that The manager about the way the referee Had spoken to him And he didn't take um, to a bit of umbrage to it So he's obviously going to get a, a charge now Because of that And uh, hopefully common sense prevails Well before anybody in Ayrshire spits out their killy pie Yeah, I know what's oh. coming here. I've got, I've got tweets. Well, have, you, have you been contacted? Uh, no, 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 not at all. Well, on the Nokia, are you kidding you me? You just on? came to your senses. Uh, you're simply running through the events of the weekend. Uh, Nicky Kabamba. Oh no, sorry, sorry. I thought you were going. I thought this. I've completely misread you. I thought you were on about Bobby Lennox, because Mark McCauley says Shug is wrong. Oh, Bobby Lennox is still the second time all top scorer for Celtic. Oh. Only Jimmy McGrory tips buzz bomb. Says Mark He's second top goal scorer Yeah Bobby Lennox is still second yeah Oh well I take it all back He has 300 65 Celtic goals And Henrik Larsson has 242 So he's well, miles behind I have to say We Bobby Lemon As he was known We Lemon um, But anyway Back to Ayrshire I he, just thought you were He uh, Outstanding guy Outstanding player But Nicky Kabamba up from for Kilmarnock yeah. Two goals and just battered them about the Dundee United defence. Uh, the goal of the weekend, without doubt, is Rory McKenzie. And, you know, a, a four-goal win, Eamon Brophy getting on the, the score sheet as well. Just a perfect day for Alec Dyer. Yeah, Kabamba and Brophy up front together, both scoring a 4-0 win. A real goal of the season contender. I don't say it lightly. Check out Rory McKenzie's goal. Uh, Alex Dyer was chuffed. Like I've always said, it was coming because of the way we've trained and played since we've come back of the, the start of the season. So it was important that um, the lads kept on believing what we were trying to do. Um, they never dropped their heads, even when we've not got the right results. We've come in every day and we've worked hard. And today we showed with a little bit of fortune and got the right result. We were able to do strikers together for the first time this season. They paid dividends for you. Yeah, yeah, they're two good, two good players. You know, who want to score goals and they work better together. But sometimes, for the benefit of the team, you have to do other things. Uh, but today, um, because Alan Power was out, I decided to go to up front because we needed we needed a result, we needed a win, and uh, we was on the front foot from the start, and we could. We got the goals at the right time. You know, the ones before half time kind of like settled us down a little bit. Second half, we knew they'd come at us a bit, and, and we, we wavered that. And once you know, we could break on them, and we was clinical up front, so it was a good day. Uh, and just a bit of a, a footnote on that one Alex Dyer, they're pleased with what Kilmarnock have done. He stepped away from his Scotland yes. responsibilities, he was in there as an assistant to Stevie Clark and uh, John Carver, former Newcastle coach. In fact, he had a spell. Do you have a What's the phrase I'm looking for A caretaker spell in charge of did, Col- yeah. uh, Newcastle I he think is, he did yeah. He's now up to give us A helping hand Hugh Real Geordie uh, From what I remember of his post-match interviews Tell me that wasn't your <laughs> Your Geordie accent No 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 I just said How we Oh uh, it's getting worse But anyway um, We have a A slightly strange Looking Scotland Backroom staff With Stephen Reid Who's uh, Been with Ireland Uh John Carver, who's English, and our very own Stevie Clark. They've got their work cut out because yeah. Scotland was a hard watch 10 months ago when they last played, and 10 months ago they were playing in front of people. 
And sometimes mm. not that many people So on Friday night They're going to have an empty Hamden And a greatly diminished squad because of injury Yeah we're going to get right into that as the week progresses So get your thoughts gathered And share them with us Just before we take Frank and Springburn Curious creatures who regularly uh, will send in some poetry Hugh, Depending right. on what we're talking about He's Very quick with the pen tonight He says Young Haji is not supersonic His legs don't suggest he's bionic <laughs> But I'd still bet my life That he'd beat Jim's wife Think old Jim's had a day on the tonic uh, Light hearted I'm sure No offence meant to Jim Let's uh, bring Frank and Springburn into the action Frank what's on your mind? I just stole my thunder there But uh, wee buzz bomb I'm surprised you didn't know that oh. the, the, the wee man was, was still t- uh, Second top goal scorer And incidentally Henry Larson was at Celtic for seven years Well he only played for six Because he was out for a year For a broken leg Or he would have scored a lot more goals But that's my point My point's about uh, I just want to say to my fellow Celtic fans Just to calm down uh, And get behind the team Once we get Eddie and Griffiths back in And uh, it looks like Duffy's coming in We'll be fine, and we'll we'll, we'll get every chance to get once we get uh, supporters back the the ground. We can celebrate under our, our disco lights, celebrating winning our fourth and fifth treble. Disco lights have never had. I, I didn't expect to be talking about them so much. Um, but Frank is carrying on from one of the previous callers. We had a couple who were yeah. quite vocal in their criticism. Then a couple more off the back saying, "No, calm down, no crisis." Alex Ray said that the reaction was over the top. You said there's a bit of hysteria. Yeah, the appeal for calm is too late because uh, of what happened against Ferenc Barros, because of what Neil Lennon said after that game. And Celtic did have a three 0 victory yesterday, um, where you saw both sides of them: uh, the, the one with no strikers and the, the team with strikers in it. Uh, but a tone has been set by the Ferenc Barros game and there are people who believe and they have voiced their opinion on this programme Saturday and tonight uh, they believe that Neil Lennon's time is up Uh, Frank would clearly not be among them since he believes that when players come back everything will be fine but there is a state of flux undoubtedly a state of flux which has been created by the Ferenc Barros result and the fallout from it Celtic will now get two weeks breathing space they have to come back against Ross County with strikers up front and they have to come back and the ground rules are simple they can't afford to drop any points Frank this might be the week that Shane Duffy becomes a Celtic player is that one that excites you? Uh, Yeah well he's actually an upgrade in what we've got I'd say but I've not seen a great deal of them I've seen the bits and pieces But I'm not a fan uh, Ayer and Julian I've never have been Well the, it looks as if He's going to be done In the next uh, day or two uh, Frank uh, I would suggest That there's going to be Another striker Coming through the door as well Because If you look at uh, Clamallan I'm not sure he's convinced With him um, Even though he's saying It's taking time To get up to speed I would expect a left back I don't think Bolingoli uh, I think his time's Done at Celtic mm. So there'll probably be A bit more movement In the next couple of weeks uh, As well Do you think they wait To find out if Lee Griffiths Is a serious player anymore um, Because you've got a guy there Who scored over 100 goals For Celtic You have to find out uh, About his state of fitness And readiness Once this two week International break is over But Before Yet more Money is spent On bringing another striker in I think It might be wise to see What's going on with Griffiths To see if he can re, uh, Start Where he left off Last season 
Yeah, I'll be, I'll be absolutely interesting to see how he goes. Uh, he's going to have to prove his sell again, Hugh. I yeah. think that's one of the, the, the kind of things for Celtic. You know, he's been given time, time after time, the backing of the manager and the club, and he's he's let them down again in the summer due to coming back unfit. Uh, thank you very much Frank in Springburn I think we'll have to leave it there But hopefully we can speak to you soon At 01419511025 If you want to jot it down for tomorrow We will be back of course um, Kicking off really the international week But I'm sure there'll be plenty of club stories To keep us going as well I'm just double checking I think we've given every game the, the mention It yeah, deserves yeah. from the weekend Haven't we since yes. yeah, Roski. Yeah, I think so uh, I think we have Which means we can just Turn our attentions To this teaser Again One more mention Because he deserves it Graham Lynn Lots of research In this one 10 players He says Have scored 15 or more goals As part of a Nine in a row Winning season In Scotland Can you name them You've got a lot Of the big hitters Kenny Dalgleish Dixie Deans Bobby Lennox Odson Edward Brian Loudrup Ali McCoist And James Forrest So that's seven You've got three to get and it goes without saying they have to be from either Celtics 73-74 team, Rangers 96-97 team, or Celtics team from last season. Three to get, go. Are we done with last season? No. No. Christy. Christy, yes. Oh. Well done. Right. You're done with last season now. <laughs> and we're going back to... Um... You've got one from the other two. You've got one each. You've got one Rangers from 96-97. And one Celtic from 73-74 How many goals did Celtic score in that season? Because we've got yes. quite um, a few um, So I'm just trying to think Believe me You you will not be surprised that I mean well He wasn't a prolific goal scorer But if you're talking about big players from that era for Rangers I can't believe you've not mentioned them Gaza Yeah Thanks very much Paul Gascoigne 15 In the 96-97 season One to get you From 73-74 <sighs> Uh, who's uh, the Harry Harry Hood I love that teamwork Ray gets to the byline Squares it across Keevans <laughs> taps it in And takes all the glory That is What a strike force <laughs> Harry Hood We got there in the end Thank you Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard The biggest thanks though As always goes to you Thank you for calling Thank you for tweeting And if you just sat there And listened quietly Thanks for doing that as well. We're back tomorrow at six. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here, and Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>